A new video game podcast? Yes, please. Strap in and welcome to the first episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Thanks for checking out our first episode. If you didn't know, we closed down the Cheerful Ghost Roundtable live video stream show in favor of doing an audio podcast. We also wanted to change up the format a bit, so we hope you dig it. And without further ado, let's get into the show. So um, one of the things we do when we start off each show is we talk a little bit about what we've been playing and what we're watching. So without any more needless setup, Tim, what have you been playing and what are you watching? Oh, you know me always on the cutting edge of, you know, uh, recently released video games. I have been playing Final Fantasy VIII. Um, what? Nice. Yes. So for my first time ever, I've never played before. Did you before. have to build a new PC for this? Like, did you have to get, like, <laughs> Like two CPUs. I'm just curious. I'm Maybe I'm actually running it on a, um, a Texas Instruments TI-83 right now. Um, you know, the silver version, the the Bold. plus version. So yeah. Bold move. <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, again, uh, breaking technology here. So my first time ever. Uh, a friend of mine has been trying to get me to play this since high school, and he finally just bought it for me. And I was like, all right, now I'm obligated to play it. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of fun to Video go game through. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so it's kind of fun to go through, like, an old game for the first time. Um, you know, and I'm playing the Steam version, so it's got some quality of life improvements on there that are kind of, kind of nice. I don't think I would like this game as much as I do if I had to... Uh, use the draw system any more than I already have to. <laughs> um, also, uh, again, a brand new, you know, cutting edge game here. I broke out a PSP game that I had bought a long time ago and then kind of forgot about um, with the embarrassingly long name of Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together. It's a kind of like a Final Fantasy Tactics style uh, strategy game and um, I think they had a recent a emo band name that game uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah seems like what all it, bands it are calling themselves like you know the, the wind beneath the world and stuff like that I don't know band of horses <laughs> etc yeah tactics ogre let us cling together whoever was in charge of their translating you know titles here they need a new job <clears throat> um, you said that was on the PSP on the PSP, and I'm actually uh-huh. playing it on the PSP. I'm not doing an emulator or nice. anything like that. So, yeah, it's um, it's been really fun. I, I like the Tactics Ogre games that I've played before, and the PSP one I heard was really good, and just never got around to it until recently. But um, so yeah. you're into tactics games in general, right? I mean, I think some of your favorite games are Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Oh yeah. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics is one of my all-time favorite video games. Um, it was also the first like strategy tactic game that I, I ever played, and it um, brought me into the genre as a whole. Um, but yeah, I, I like the tactics games. I like um, 
uh, the Disgaea games, um, pretty much anything in that vein is, you know, I, I like it a lot. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. What about you, Script? What you've been mm. playing? What you watching? I have been playing uh, not a whole lot of anything lately, um, uh, especially in the past uh, three weeks. I mean, I always dip into Rocket League. Rocket League's always there. So um, I guess Rocket League. But other than that, I haven't really played anything. Um, I've been doing a, a, lot of, a lot of drawing, a lot of drawing lately, and uh, just got... Um, into a dev team, which I haven't told you guys yet. But um, what I know, You're making a, a little, game. What making the heck? a game? I know, a little indie, awesome. uh, indie something or another. And um, I don't know if I can say anything yet, but maybe next time we do the show, um, I'll talk more about it. But it's a, it's a. How's it like working with Phil Fish yeah. on Fez Two? How is that? <laughs> He is such a whipcracker, I tell you. Um, <laughs> I bet. I bet he is. But, uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I was pretty excited. In fact, I just found out um, yesterday, so it was uh, a lot of back and forth with testing um, uh, environments and characters and trying to f- see if what what I was producing is something that they were interested in. You know. If it went with their flow, you know, went with their aesthetic. Now I don't know how much you and can so. you really want to give away, but is this the mm-hmm. the art that you sent me a couple weeks back? I think yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah, I was freaking out and wondering if uh, <laughs> if it, what I was making was at all even remotely legitimately recognizable as something that could be considered game art, <laughs> and. Uh, it, uh, it 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 worked out. The environment's probably awesome. not as strong as the the character stuff. The character stuff was a little stronger, so but still a lot a lot of room to grow. I'm really just looking forward to um, to the experience at this point. The working with a team, collaborating, and and getting getting stuff out there. Um, and uh, but I have been watching stuff. I've been watching probably indicative in the text that we were sending today i've been trying to watch supernatural get caught up because season i think season 12 is coming up and i'm starting practically from zero and uh my girlfriend's really into supernatural so we've been she she would she told me she'd watch the whole thing again so we've been binging that pretty heavily i'm only on season two and it's it's intense. I mean, it's just it's hard wa- binge watching a show <laughs> like I think any show maybe, but certain shows are very formulaic, and it's a good show. Like so far, it's a really good show, but it's definitely not as good when you watch it. You know, when you when you binge it as hard as we are, it's you see you see patterns in the writing that emerge in every episode. And it's very obvious that there's a very linear train of thought with some of the writing. And so... Um, it's a little tropey, I think, is what you're trying to... It gets a little predictable. Not even so yeah, much tropey, okay. but it's just really, right. like... 
not even not even predictable, but you hear the same phrases mentioned oh, in right. subsequent episodes, and it's like, oh, right. they just talked about that, referring to something else, but they use the same language. So it's just sure. kind of uh, reminds me of when I, we were watching Voyager, and I was like, are they going to fall for the same trap again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Harry, exactly. Lost, and Harry Kim is always lost, and it's like, and I was like, you know what? Starfleet really is composed of the dumbest people around. Not, but it's a great show because you need to get yeah. them into these situations really quickly. But it's so right. absurd that they would fall into that trap again. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It, it, it is. A, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. But you, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You notice things like that. Well, you got to I, I think for some kinds of this kind of thing where they have to churn out a lot of content, you know, they're the setup is a little uh week sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but like you said they, it, it has to be because they got to get to the the meat of it quickly and there have yeah. been some episodes that have been really phenomenal like just really 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 good reminding me of like some of my favorite episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer or or you know Firefly or whatever just oh, the, way, the way the brothers work together you know yeah it's cool stuff very cool yeah you'll find that um well if you're like me you'll find that it gets better and better until about um, until season five season five mm-hmm. is like the pinnacle of it it's amazing and then season six a new showrunner takes over and it's so it drags a little bit but it picks back up until i haven't seen season 11 but i've seen everything up through 10 and it gets way better so just power through that rough patch. Good. <laughs> I will do that. All right, so you uh, you made it further than I did. I think I stalled out around season nine. I think that's when me and my wife kind of kind of gave up on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good for the first five seasons. But uh, I'm I'm kind of like Travix in that I I think it 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 peaked at season five, and I, I just don't think it's ever quite gotten back up to that point. I mean, there's been some great, like, standout episodes, but mm-hmm. not enough to really keep you with the show anymore. Do you get the feeling, like, is it a show that maybe they should have ended way earlier? Um, I mean, I hear you say that it, it peaked at five and it, it's, it's still good, but not as good. Is it is it something that they're just milking at this point, or is it... Kind of like um, X Files. X Files was good to I, a point, and then it was just like, "Come on." That's a hard question I mean, to answer. Prob- yeah, I mean, probably, but also, like, everybody involved in the show seems to genuinely like their work. That's what I hear about it. Yeah. So you know, um, yeah. So I, I don't know if it's that they're just trying to milk it for all it's worth, or if they actually just genuinely do love the show and it mm-hmm. still has an audience, obviously. Right. And so there's, you know really no incentive to stop um me personally just as my own personal opinion Mm -hmm. it um i i think it was season five travis may help me but there was like a natural end yeah like at that point it was and if they had just yeah if they had just stopped the show there it would have been like perfect like that was Mm -hmm. a great conclusion it had like a good place to end the you know where all the characters were but then it just kind of kept going. <laughs> and that was gotcha. Kripke's original idea. He had the five-year plan, and he was going to do five years and step away from it, but they yeah. wanted to keep making them, so there's like a 15-second kind of sting at the end of 
the last episode of season five that cliffhangs into season six. They could have just dropped that 10, 15 seconds and ended it right there. And gotcha. It would have been perfect. But yeah, like like Tim says, they they so obviously enjoy what they're doing that it kind of keeps you coming back to it. Right. Yeah. And that's cool. And it is a good show. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. It's just after nine seasons. Yeah. It uh <laughs> it kind of wore on me because me and Courtney we we came into the show very late, so we binged most of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it it got it got a little long in the tooth <laughs> towards yeah. the end there. <laughs> cool. Travis, what you been playing and what you watching? Uh, watching more than playing. We've been trying to catch up on things that we've wanted to watch for ages. We finally started watching uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is hilarious. These are mm-hmm. these four, well, five terrible, terrible people getting themselves into the stupidest situations, and you, you can't help but laugh at them. But um, uh, we also watched... Uh, what's the name of that show we were talking about? With the people coming back from the future to save humanity, travelers, travelers, yes, and that was yeah. an amazing show. That was a Netflix original. Um, mm-hmm. Can't wait for season two. They ended on such a cliffhanger, but that was a great show. But yeah. but I also uh, lucked into a PS4 for really cheap. A friend of mine was trading his into GameStop to get a new model. Not even the PS4 Pro, just the a bigger hard drive model, and. I offered to rip him off twenty dollars less than GameStop would, so I got it for one hundred and forty instead of <laughs> him getting one hundred and twenty back from GameStop. And I've been playing the hell out of this thing, um, mostly Little Big Planet three because that's really fun couch co op. Uh, mm-hmm. Katie and I have been enjoying that. It's got some problems from like if you've played Little Big Planet one and two, like the same kind of bugs are present in Little Big Planet three. It's like they have their core engine they never fixed. But it's a it's a lot of fun. But the my most favorite one on this is Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm not very far into it. I haven't played it. I've in heard about, so many good things. Oh about man, that game. it is so good. I've, I've I haven't played much past. I don't want to give too much away. But there's like a big a point where you find out more about the the mystery and you get sent out to try to figure more out. That's not giving away too much, but it kind of tells you where I am. And mm-hmm. just got the first mount, and oh, it's a, it's it's. I, w- I was talking to script and text messages about this. It's it's just like pure magic in a video game that I haven't really experienced in a long time. Right, it's jaw dropping. Yeah, and now I'm mad at myself for not picking it up when it was on sale during E3 week. <laughs> it's such a it's it's cool the way they. The world itself is amazing. The the open ended because it really is a giant sandbox. You can there is no loading unless you you know go into a a a story mission or something. But otherwise, you can go wherever you want um, without loading, and it's absolutely gorgeous. But the way that they integrate the story into that to make it more than just a pretty landscape is yeah. just amazing. Like the first just, real level, this isn't giving too much away, but you start out as a very young version of the character that you play through the game, and mm-hmm. you get dropped into this environment, and just like the first two rooms tell such a story about what's what came before, kind of, 
and mm. it's 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 amazing how they like the literary show don't tell rule mm-hmm. is so present in this game it's amazing and to we were talking about this too and i i don't i don't think this really gives too much away either but just the the way they the idea of using a child as like a a, a child character as a tutorial is just a genius idea because they're you have an expectation as a player that oh I've, I've got obvious limitations because I'm a child in this environment and the the expressions that she has and her her exclamations about certain things are almost exactly what you would say when you see it you know and it's just this really raw innocence and like extreme curiosity and and there's not a lot of of uh of dialogue in in those occasions even throughout the game when you're on your own um but it's just very the timing and what they have her say and do is it just really really is an effective way of introducing mechanics into the game and and the the lore of the game. It's 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 brilliant. I mean, it's just really and to think that this came from guys that primarily made one first-person shooter franchise for almost yeah. 20 years. Yeah. It's it's just cool. It's really it's really cool. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Like trying to see the connection between the Killzone franchise and this. Like, there's just, it's just it's like a different team is working on it. It's it's amazing. Uh-huh. Well, I'd say that one similarity, and I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, but from what it sounds like, is that Killzone's a really buttery, smooth like shooter game. It's pretty good, you know what yeah. I mean? It's really polished, but this is but it's not open world, and it's not you know maybe as much personality, at least when I played it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. So what I've been watching and playing is uh, a while ago, they re-released, speaking of old games, they re-re- uh, Blizzard re-released the StarCraft Anthology for free on uh, on Battle.net. So you, anyone can download that, and it comes with the original StarCraft and the original Brood War, which is just incredible. Um, the way that they ported it to new systems, and you know that it, you know, it has proper aspect ratio. I mean, it's four by three, but it doesn't like screw up your computer, and you can actually play it and stuff is really, really great. So, um, really, hats off to Blizzard for that and making it free. I remember, you know, that being a staple of LAN parties, and you know, people not being able to buy it, but now it's free, so anyone can play it. It's really great. I think I might do a cheerful ghost event sometime where we sort of get into the old Starcraft game and play that online now. So that's fun. And one of the, um, the impressive things about that, sorry to interrupt, like they're, they're doing the Starcraft remastered and from what they've yep, said, yep. like the net code is shared so you can have people playing on the classic or yeah, the new one right. with each other. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. Yeah. That's a really nice thing they did. I like that too. Uh, another game that I've been playing on my 3ds is um, link between worlds and that's been fun. I've been kind of writing about that on Cheerful Ghosts as I've been playing through that. Um, and that's been a really great sequel to Link to the Past. Um, Link to the Past being, I think, one of the best games ever. And so Link Between Worlds is, is a good follow-up to that. And it, and it really it kind of tips its hat to the original in a really great way. So in terms of what I've been watching, my wife and I are really into The Ranch. There are shared shows that we watch together. There aren't a lot. 
but Netflix has The Ranch, which is kind of like Aston Kutcher. It kind of seems like it's that 70s show 2.0 because in a lot of ways, like it's got Aston Kutcher and then another guy from that 70s show. I don't I don't know what his actual name is, but they play brothers and they were in the 70s show together. And then they bring up people that were in that 70s show too occasionally, like um, they bring in the mom again and it's funny. And then they brought in the guy that played Fez. He has a part in the show for a little while. Uh-huh. So it's really funny that all these old characters from that 70s show kind of come come back into it. I would say that if you like 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 cheesy like it, it seems like a um a regular sort of sitcom on regular network television say they except they say fucking shit all the time. Um which is really shocking because you're it's like totally beat for beat that kind of that 70s show comedy with just swearing and like subject matter that you wouldn't expect but it's just as funny they've got the laugh track and it's and it's so it's really interesting to see what netflix kind of does with that hmm. i uh, also saw another thing on netflix really recently um just finished it a couple nights ago called war machine it's the new brad pitt movie on netflix so netflix is doing its own tv show content that's also doing its own movies and hmm. so and this is one that they bought that's starring like a big name, you know, Brad Pitt kind of movie. And it's a, um, it's a satire film about the Afghanistan um, insurgency under Obama and sort of the $30,000 troop, uh, $30,000, $30,000, uh, 30,000 troop levels they did there. And it's kind of using a fictional character in place of, I think it was General McChrystal at the time, but it's a fake, it's like a fictitious character, but the events actually happened that way. Or, you know, it's based on like that Rolling Stone article that caused him to get later fired because it was just it was crazy. Anyways, the movie is like one like it reminds me of like, hmm, it's like it's funny and it's dark and it's satirical, but it really shines a light on war. It shines a light on different perspectives, like the perspective from the Obama administration and the perspective from the soldiers that don't really have that perspective. And then other and then just boots on the ground and then the Afghanistan people and and it can hold all these perspectives and not take a not necessarily take a dump on all of them, although it definitely lampoons a lot of them, um, which I really respect that it, it holds all these different perspectives and then also makes something new and kind of fresh um, and really interesting to watch. I would say, though, in general, it's not like a, a fun love and comedy it's more of a dark comedy and it has some really dark moments in it. But I think the fun kind of outweighs it. If you really like Brad Pitt's character and in glorious bastards, he's kind of back in this movie, you know what I mean? A little bit. Um, but it's, it's an interesting movie and, uh, especially in a world where Netflix is now moving to, um, it's going to, it's got the next Scorsese movie, the Irishman. They like, they bought that one out and so, wow, okay, so Netflix is making, like, you know, top-tier movies now. And The Beasts of No Nation was kind of like the first one they did, and oh, that man. was just incredible. That was an incredible you movie. Know. So painful to watch. Yeah. I know, I know, but wow, so powerful. And now War Machine, like, they're just cooking for war movies, you know. And on a lot of social commentary stuff, too, you know. I mean, Netflix has done a lot of that with um, with how to make a murder and that kind of thing. So I think that... It's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to see. So, um, so one of the things that happened recently was E3. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about our sort of standout. Just pick a couple games 
or some news bits that just sort of stood out to us. Um, just curious if anyone has anything that just sort of blew their mind at E3 they absolutely wanted to talk about. Because I had a couple things. There's well, the couple. first thing on my list, yeah, <laughs> the first thing on my list was Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Yes. So I think for me that was the biggest one. And I, like, I loved New Order, and um, I just started playing through The Old Blood which is basically the new order too. It's just kind of more levels and stuff. But I really like the direction they're taking with the new Colossus in terms of the story seems more interesting. They're continuing on where they were. The, the world has stakes. One of the things I heard is that, well, if you, if you played the new order, uh, the new order, BJ wakes up from that. Um, he's been in a coma for a while and the Nazis took over. I love sort of the thought there, which is that in, in another world where you're playing through Wolfenstein, the Nazis don't take over the world. But in a world where B.J. Blazkowicz <laughs> is thrown into a coma, the Nazis have nothing but to take over. Like, he's our only line against them. <laughs> but um, so, 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 um, and he, like, is stumbling around because he can't walk. And he, he, he can walk super quickly, but it was kind of cool that they did that. And I heard that um the first level he's in a he's in a wheelchair because the events of the first game spoiler spoilers he doesn't they don't he doesn't fare too well from that so they put him in the beginning of at a wheelchair at the beginning of the game kind of like how the first game does it and i heard there's a lot of mechanics around that and also um i don't i don't want to spoil i guess it's in the trailer but he's gonna have a kid now so that's interesting. So it's interesting when you get a game and a sequel in a world that they thread the story together because usually they don't do that too much um so i really like that what do you guys think of it yeah absolutely usually the sequel's sort of different and they don't really consider those too much and the world's changed what'd you guys think of the the trailer that was incredible i I thought the they they pulled in some of the kind of the same marketing tactics they use for the fallout series for the that trailer with like the the old americana yeah scenes kind of splitting between the gameplay but but yeah i i was kind of assuming like everybody else at the end of Wolfenstein, the new order where it's kind of left ambiguous, whether he's, he could come back for a second game. Like, of course he's going to come back, but I kind of love they're doing the same. He's starting off incredibly weak and has to build himself back up. But really for me, any, another game in that series, they could have been a terrible trailer and I would still want to play it because they did such an amazing job rebooting that series with uh, New Order. Right. It also looks like they're making, you know, the choice that you made in the original game to save one or the other was Fergus versus, who's the other guy? I forget. Oh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember. Right. I think Fergus was the young guy and then there was an older guy. Anyways, I think they made the choice in the trailer that you saved Fergus, like, and the older person that you, you know, you were with a lot longer doesn't survive. So it's interesting that they sort of made that choice um, and the game sort of moving forward with it because that was one of the things about Wolfenstein that made it kind of, the original that made it fun to replay was that choice does kind of impact the game a little bit and impacts how you talk to people. And I never had a game where I was like, oh, I just want to go replay it to see kind of how that works out. So yeah, They haven't said anything about it officially, but I when I was watching that, I was kind of wondering if there would be any kind of a save import where they may have develop the game like, that's interesting I wonder at least cutscenes depending on which one you saved in the first game yeah, cool. yeah that would be interesting I wonder if, yeah because I wonder if they also give you another choice you know what I mean like 
which changes the game in that way because that was a really cool mechanic i thought that worked actually really well like it's not like fallout level choice but it was choice in a really interesting was it like lock picking and demolition or something like that you could choose between what in wolfenstein in the first like depending on which one you saved you got like he whichever one you saved taught you a skill that you could use and i think one of them was a lot I can't remember. Oh, I didn't know that there were skills. I don't remember there were skills associated with it. I just thought it was story difference. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the new order looked great. And the other game that I saw, unless you guys had something I wanted to toss in, was this Ubisoft game that they're making in conjunction with Nintendo. It's basically a Rabbids meet Mario game. Yeah. That looks Mm -hmm. like it's a tactics or XCOM like game, which I've heard plays really well. So See, I didn't even see that. I, I'll have to go back and and look at that. I heard about it, but yeah. I didn't see anything on it. Well, yeah, because Nintendo, they don't do those kinds of sort of games, but Ubisoft does, and it seems like it's 100% spot on like Mario Galaxy-style graphics, like Mario graphics, but Ubisoft is making it. So it's interesting that Ubi is like licensing Mario for a game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, and it's a full-on like Rabbids plus Mario game, so that's yeah. kind of weird slash kind of interesting that Nintendo's doing that. Usually they lock Mario up, but... And presumably that's just going to be on the Switch, right? I mean, or is it... You know, yeah, they didn't talk about other platforms, but my guess is it's not going to be on the Xbox One. Right. Probably not. That would be great if you could get a Mario game on PlayStation, though. I bet it would sell... I bet it would sell a lot of units... (laughs) I don't think Nintendo would ever let go of that. Well, that said, though, I mean, they're releasing iOS games now, so they're branching out a little bit. Well, yeah, and I think it might be related to a topic we're going to talk about in a little bit, but yeah, um, it's interesting Mm -hmm. about them making those uh, iOS games, because in a way, one could look at those as like a way to get them to get you into Nintendo's IP again and then back to buying a Switch. Yeah. Mm Because if you want like a full mario experience like mario jump is good mario run or whatever is really good but if you want a better version of that well nintendo's got one you know but it gets you in the door right yeah the dang like carrot yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's a great carrot though it's a great one yes yeah, that is a great carrot yeah i um i'll i'll throw in my e3 uh levies um really only a couple um, and to stick with the Ubisoft line, the they showed the trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2, which I'm, like, a lot of people have been waiting for almost two decades, I think, um, for them to make a follow-up to the first Beyond Good and Evil. And uh, even though this one is supposed to be a, actually a prequel, um, I saw gameplay footage uh Michelle Ansel was doing gameplay for I guess there's a, a program you can sign up for called Space Monkey Program and they'll show like it's their version of like uh, community feedback for developing the game but they show bits and pieces and they want your feedback but um, I saw the video of him playing around in the environment and it's I didn't realize it was going to be as big as they plan it to be it's 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 going to be massive, uh, like planets, like locations on planets that you can fly around in real time, 
and leave the planet and go to another planet and fly around there and land and go to a city and and so it's supposed to be huge like like gigantic massive scale um adventure which sounds awesome if they can do it right um and inject some of that beyond good and evil story in there that be really cool i'm excited um uh the other one was anthem which is bioware's new baby apparently the team that everybody thought was supposed to be working on mass effect andromeda was secretly working on anthem which looks like mass effect destiny i guess <laughs> um it looks cool. It could be cool. Another big open world third person shooter kind of game with loot and emphasis on co op and team play and that quasi massive multiplayer environment that Destiny is somewhat known for. Um, and then the only other thing that I was really excited about was the DLC announcement for Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wilds. That's just to know that there's more content coming in an already rich game world is, is pretty exciting. Yeah, I've intentionally avoided all that because I don't want to get any potential spoilers for the main game, but from what little bit I couldn't avoid, it looks amazing. <clears throat> yeah, they don't really show anything in the teaser except um, a few... Would, amounts to screen grabs of mm. maybe environment types and then uh and then one of the races in the game which you come across fairly early in the main game um it's not like a big secret or anything but it's uh it's cool that there it's it's a it's a race in the game that doesn't get a lot of a ton of screen time so mm. it's it's cool that they're going into more backstory there and and a whole other environment I'm, I'm I'm stoked more <laughs> more dinos more dinos to slay yeah did uh did any of you guys see the trailer for a way out I did not see that yep. one. I don't think so what is that it's uh so it's a new game coming out um we see the company that make it uh massive uh, they're the guys that did Brothers. It's the zombie Tales. game? No, no, no. It's called A Way Out. Oh, it's basically like a, um, like yeah, a jail it's like and Lynch, game. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, it's intended to be a couch co-op game, although they said that there is going to be an online, you know, version of it. And it's uh, just two-player, and the idea is that you're two guys that are trying to break out of prison. Um, there's not a lot of information about it. You know, as of right now, yep, it's still that early in awesome. development. But yeah, the trailer looks awesome, and I love me some couch co-op. Um, oh, that yeah. one looks like it's going to be really fun, um, uh, especially from like such a small studio. I think they only have like thirty something people there, oh, wow. so we'll see how that goes. And then um, I was excited to see that there was some Metroid news at E3 this year. Um, yep. Yeah, Nintendo loves remaking those Metroid games. <laughs> loves yeah, I'm so I'm actually more excited about the remake than I am about the new Metroid Prime. Um, honestly, right? It seems like a game we can buy soon, right? As of Metroid Prime Four, like you know, whenever that'll be. 
Yeah. Also, I I didn't have a GameCube, so I missed the Metroid Prime games when they were, you know, at their peak. Uh, so I don't I don't have that kind of connection to that specific series. But I do remember playing the the Game Boy game, and I would love an updated version of that. So I'm I'm all over that remake. Yeah, that Game Boy game was my first introduction to Metroid, and it was amazing. It was yeah, my... it's such a good uh, Game Boy game. Yeah. Well, the game it's so good because it was one of the first Game Boy games that was kind of an engrossing Game Boy game that you could sit down and it had a world that you could really like live in. You know, Metroid is really good at tone and music and that kind of thing. The first game I didn't really get into too much because I I found it to be really hard to kind of make progress through. But the Game Boy game, like I could get really close to that, you know, because you could bring I don't know. It was just it, I played the hell out of that game. I never beat it because, again, like all Metroid games at that time before Super Metroid, like you have to bomb every wall yeah. to figure out how to do anything. So I never beat it, but I really liked it because I just played the hell out of those first couple levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can confirm that that first Metroid is hard as hell. Um, I, I've been trying to play through that on my NES Classic and it's. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm just not. Wait, what is it? Or... What are you playing through it on? What? The the NES Classic. Um, yeah, rub it in. I do. Yeah, my NES my <laughs> NES Classic that I got. You know. <coughs> Everybody, I got it. Me and like maybe a hundred and fifty other people actually got one. Right. You know? I know like fifty people who want one, and one person who has one. Like, <laughs> I, think I know, right? I know I... Wants one, and I'll, yeah, I know only a couple people that got them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sticking with Nintendo, I was f- kind of floored by the Mario Odyssey trailer. Like that game looks bonkers. Like, being able to just like throw your hat on everything and take out like take control of a bomb or a dinosaur. Like it looks like it, it almost Grand Theft Auto levels of mayhem, but cartoon mayhem instead of you know explosions and death. Yeah, and how do we feel about Mario being in, like, a city that looks a little bit more like real life, including, like, humans that are apparently much taller than he is? Yeah, I don't know. I don't but, know how I think about that. I'm willing to give it a shot, but it's... It, the whole. I still don't understand the premise. Like, it just seems... You're going through standard Mario levels, then you're going through what looks like a big city in the real world, then you're kind of going back into prehistoric times... It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I think that's kind of part of its charm for me. <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. look weird. But aside from that, I was really good, glad to see more uh, new God of War footage. I'm really looking forward to the new God of War. Those uh, those are some uh, of my favorites. I haven't played any of them except for the first one. Is that a series that I should you know should look into getting like the second or a third? Yeah, there's uh I think the second one is better all around. The third is mostly better, but it kind of steps back in a couple of ways. Then there's like the two PSP games that are pretty good time wasters, but they're not as good. And then there was like a kind of spin-off game, was it Chains of Olympus? I can't remember the name of it that another developer took over and it was kind of like a prequel and you can totally skip that one. It's okay, but it's not super. But yeah, the the core series one, two, and three are amazing. All right, yeah. especially and they've remastered them, right? From the PS4. Uh, they remastered one and two for the PS3, and then they remastered three for the PS4. 
gotcha. I'm not sure if one and two made it to the PS4 or not. I'm not. Uh, seems like something they might do. Gotcha. I remember them being gorgeous games. I remember when they the first game came out on the PS2. It was at the end of the PS2's life cycle, and and it was just like just um, like graphically, it was just top top tier. And, yeah, and it was a phenomenal game. I, I haven't played. I played a little bit of the second. I haven't even touched the third. But the new one, this it looks like a completely different direction, almost like a. Um, I mean, it's over-the-shoulder third person, almost like uh, Resident Evil, God of War Resident Evil. Yeah. It looks interesting, very interesting. Yeah, the combat looks different, and, you know, it's, it looks like Kratos has moved, so he's now dealing with Norse gods instead of Greek gods. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it yeah. also gives the story some stakes, right? They put a, he, He's got a son now, and so yeah. there's... It gives you something to move for, you know, that's tangible in the game. And it also gives the series a place to to go, which maybe it couldn't go before because you're entering other characters that actually have some some depth into the world beyond just Kratos, you know what I mean, or just other discardable characters or whatever. So I thought that was yeah. really interesting. And people are calling out like um, Dad of War or whatever, but I don't <laughs> even care. I I think that's awesome, you know what I mean? Because you know, I mean, a lot of gamers are having kids. I might know some, you know, that had kids recently, so I can kind of <laughs> relate to that. I think. And being a chiseled god killer myself, uh, I can also relate on another level. So, you know. There you go. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of really awkward transitions, um, another thing <laughs> I wanted to talk about that just happened today. So thank you, Nintendo, for this news, although I don't know how much I'm going to be thanking them in the long run for it. Yeah. Um, yep. Nintendo, exactly. So Nintendo <laughs> dropped information of the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition. That's going to be $79.99, available September 29th this year, 2017, year of Lord. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what it has over the NES Classic. Okay, so it's $20 more. Okay, fine. I don't think that's going to be too big of a problem. It's still the same little bitty console system probably plugs in over usb this time they upgraded they added two controllers with it so mario kart is ready to roll out of the box which is really cool um and they dropped the amount of games but i don't think it matters because the quality is through the roof um you've got super mario world super mario kart legends all linked to the past f-zero and super metroid which is a value right there frankly but then they also decided that they were going to take the Star Fox 2 that they never localized in the United States and actually put that in the box as well as, which is incredible, like we never got that in the States, like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I didn't even know there Stu was a Star Fox no, 2. No, I didn't either until today. Uh, either. Yeah, such yeah, a just weird translations. Way. It's a weird way to release that game. Because well, it's a, <laughs> it's a really good way to hype this thing beyond the belief and for retro gamers and collectors and people right. that like Fox. Right, they're not. Gonna, it's not like they're not going to sell this as a as a downloadable title later, too. Right? Sure. Probably. Right. Yeah. Street Fighter Two Turbo is included, which is probably the best Street Fighter on Super Nintendo. Uh, you got Punch Out, Super Punch Out, Castlevania Four, Donkey Kong Country, Mega Man X, Kirby Superstar, which I never played. Final Fantasy Three. It's three kids, not six, on the box. This is the U.S. <laughs> version. If it was the family, this is the Super. Famicom Classic could probably be six. Got Kirby's Dream Course, which I had never played. I didn't even know that existed. Star Fox, Mario, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario RPG, Contra 3, Secret of Mana, Earthbound, 
Super Ghouls and Ghosts, my goodness. Okay, so they didn't include games like Ice Climber, but they didn't... I mean, I don't think there's anything egregious they left out. So let's just talk about the lineup for a second. Like, holy smokes, did they leave out anything? I mean, nothing that... Chrono Trigger. If there was one game I yeah. wish they had included, it would have okay. been Chrono Trigger. Fair enough, fair enough. But they included, like, two of the arguably best Square games from this era. Uh, uh, technically, they, there's they, three on there, because uh, Super Mario Super. RPG was the Square Enix ah, Nintendo that's collaboration. Awesome. Oh, that's right. And you'd put that in one of your best games of all time, right, Tim? Um, it, it's oh, up there. Tops. I actually... Yeah, it's right. way better than it has any right to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish that the so, Donkey Kong Country was Donkey Kong Country 2 instead. I feel like that's the best one of that series. But, I mean, I understand you start with, you put out the first one. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Other than that... Donkey Kong Country was, well, Donkey Kong Country 2, okay, so Donkey Kong Country was hard. Yeah. Like, it was brutal. Does the second one fix that? Because it's like... Nintendo hard shouldn't be that hard in some places. It, like you just have to time and jump, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's a little, game. it's a little smoother in two, I think. Okay, or it okay. could be that I got used to the brutal agony of some of those oh. levels in the first one, and it didn't hit me as hard. But uh, it felt when like I had it was a million a little years, when I had a million years to play games, like I just would memorize all the levels, and I could go through and beat the whole thing in like an hour and thirty minutes. You know what I mean? Right. And I come back to play Donkey Kong Country now, and I'm like, mercy, mercy. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's pretty tough. Um, it's really I, hard. Yeah, I, I played it a little bit with one of my kids um, a couple weeks back. Um, I, I busted my, my Super Nintendo for them so they could start uh, reliving some of the classics. And um, it's it holds up really well, but yeah, it is tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I agree that uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 was better. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't include the the sequel in addition to yeah the, the main one, especially because like for the NES Classic they did all of the original uh, Mario's and both the Zelda games, so obviously they're not opposed to just putting sequels on there. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of surprised they didn't. I mean, they could have definitely bumped up the game list and just stuck to Nintendo IPs, you know. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a little bummed that there's less games on here than the NES Classic but it's also that's a killer lineup so it, there's not much to complain about what other games are they missing okay you, you mentioned Chrono Trigger yeah that 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 one makes sense but what else should that like what else is like quintessential Super Nintendo that they missed I don't know if it's quintessential Super Nintendo or just my own personal quintessential Super Nintendo, but I would have loved to have seen ActRaiser in there. That's one of my favorite games of all okay. time. I kind of understand okay. why I didn't put it in there because it's a little, it's a little strange, like with the different segments sure. and everything. But I adore that game. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. It was a great game um, for sure. I, I wonder if hmm. now when I think of the Super Nintendo, I always think of SimCity. Because it was one of the first games that came out on the system, so a lot of people had it. I'm wondering if that game on this list may have, may bump it up a bit. But I don't think, like, as people would think about the Super Nintendo, that game comes up on everyone's, like, top lists, you know? Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I have it on Super Nintendo, and I, I yeah, think that's too. a great way to play it. But I don't know if that was, you know, as iconic to a lot of other people as it was for, like, maybe you and I. Um, yeah. Right, because it was one of the only games out at the time, and it was so great. We played the junk out of that game. Yeah, Final Fantasy two or four, depending on which side of the Pacific you're on. 
is also a great RPG, although if they were only going to put one Final Fantasy, I'm glad they put three and or six, because yep, that I one agree. was definitely... I mean, that's still like one of the greatest Final Fantasies ever made. One um, of the greatest well, games ever made, just according one of the to some greatest people, yeah. RPGs, yeah. It's yeah, I think people so argue about bad. Final Fantasy seven or six being the best, but for me it was six because I never played seven. I know, I know, never played it. And you have no but yeah, this is I bought it. For you. <laughs> it's, it's really true. It's the thing really about true. the old Super Nintendo games, like the the old Super Nintendo RPGs, is that they hold up. My problem with Final Fantasy VII is that it doesn't hold up. Like the the graphics were kind of amazing for the time, but they just look terrible now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, the gameplay is still amazing. It's just it's kind of hard to look at that for <laughs> seventy hours. Yeah, yeah the graphics. Right, the old pixel games scale up really well. Yeah. So, so we all agree that this is like a killer lineup here. Um, now, when this n- news dropped today, I immediately texted you all, and I was like, "Ah!" Because really, I mean, like for me, the Super Nintendo was is the best game console of all time. You know, again, it's nostalgia goggles. It's all these things. It's all these games on this list. A couple that aren't. You know, um, and then script immediately <laughs> came to my rescue in reality which he's like yeah that's the best thing i've ever yeah it's the best thing i've seen all day too you're never gonna own one and i'm like Verbatim. oh i mean he was much kinder than that but you know that's basically what he <laughs> was said. i i gotta look again if i was very kind i think that <laughs> You know, I, I didn't. I didn't. And I didn't interpret what he said as mean. It was more just like ah. And Travis was like ah, and I was like ah. And you're like you're never gonna own one, fuckers. And I'm like, damn it. He's <laughs> <laughs> so it's so true. And I'm like, and then and then immediately Nintendo puts an update to their press release, right? Because I think the biggest reason why people are upset about the NES Classic was because you couldn't buy one. So yeah, and that probably if I, if I didn't audio. own one, I not be sure they actually exist <laughs> right exactly. yeah right right so and i wanted to buy one i i i called target every morning you know i for it did stupid things to try to own one okay except for pay you know crazy amount of money to a scalper because fuck those guys but this is what they said nintendo quote we aren't providing specific numbers but we will produce significantly more units of the super nintendo classic than we did of NES Classic Edition. Um, yeah, and then they also mentioned that they're planning on shipping it from September 29th to the end of calendar year 2017. So, kids, you've got three months to fight everyone else for so one of these. Let's seven. just assume that they mean double. They're going to make twice as many units as they did okay, before. Okay, so let's say they... So, so what does that mean? Like, instead of 1.5 million, it's three, right? Right. So let's say, like, just using us as three an million. example, that means that sure. only two of the four of us are going to get it instead of one of them. <laughs> like, yeah. still, it's it's not enough. I hope significantly no. means, like, five times as many or ten times as many. But it probably won't. Yeah. Because Nintendo I mean, if, loves doing this kind of stuff. I really yeah, what and they're yes, saying too. is we're going to keep store shelves stocked and you're not going to have a problem buying one of these. What I think is going to happen is like... They're the, not saying that. Are they saying that? No. No, that's what I want. That's what I hope they do. Oh, but sure, I don't sure. think yeah. that's going to happen. Script, because when you said what you did, I was like, 
Yeah, you're probably right. Like they're gonna <laughs> destroy my heart again. I think my exact words were when you said that. Yeah, no, they they should have. Hopefully, they'll have plenty. I was like, don't count on it. Just really like black and white, like. And then I said, I'm sorry, I'm a party pooper. But really, I mean, they. It's and I think I mentioned that this their whole plan for doing this. And you got to think too is like, it, so their release window or their market window is the end of September to the end of December, which is a short period of time. But you also have to consider when they'll actually do drop shipments. Because mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to be putting things on the shelves every day. It, it might be once a week. It might be once every two weeks when they get shipments to retailers. So it the time frame will be the same, but the availability will actually be even smaller. And then you're going to have, you know... I mean, if they come in on regular ship days, then people will be camping in stores just like they always do. Yeah. And they're not going to be doing it to buy it for their son or daughter or their brother or sister or whatever themselves. They're going to be hoarding, and it's going to go up on eBay for triple, quadruple the price, whatever. It's going to be more than the NES Classic, probably. Well, and I think from what you guys were talking about earlier with the types of games that are on here and the way that they have um, held up over time, I, I don't know. Just for, for me, the Super Nintendo has always been a more desirable experience, even now, like retrospectively, than the NES Classic. I mean, there's some NES games that I still like to play. People but are going to play much... the Super Nintendo Classic way more than the NES Classic. Yeah, without I agree. Doubt, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, because you, I mean, just take one of the games on this list, Earthbound. Right, that game yeah. right there for retro collectors. You buy that original game card, it's like three hundred dollars in box. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Right. And Super Nintendo games in the retro market are way more expensive than it. That's why I started buying um, Sega Genesis games because I get the I get the exact same game like Street Fighter for four bucks, where the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo version is like forty or the same yeah. more than it costs when it came out. Right. So these games mm-hmm. hold their value. This is a list for of crack. This is a crack. This is a list <laughs> that's like crack for retro game collectors. Right? <laughs> this is the best. It really the best, is. Like, like if you love this system, you can't. Not, I mean, how could you not get this? It's also too okay i i don't say this a lot but it's too cheap too right it's 80 bucks right this is ridiculously cheap so so much so that like you can buy these and sell them if you can like if you found 20 you buy them all and you can immediately resell them like Uh i don't know you know what i mean like the value is so good it's i i wonder if nintendo is catering to scalpers or they just don't even care because that i hope they have some deals with retailers because again if this becomes Another like I bought these systems for cheap and now I'm selling to you for six hundred dollars. Like go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that, that sucks. I hate that. I. It's not because I yeah. don't want someone to own fifty. I don't really care if you have fifty on your shelf. I just want one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah exactly. And I don't even care that people do resale because people do the same thing with the iPhone at first, right? They buy them and they mm-hmm. resell them. But what Apple does is allow you to buy it later. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's hard to not see from my perspective it's hard to not see this move from nintendo as just like a distraction because of the lack of content on the switch and the lack of availability of the system like i go into department stores now i still can't find a switch anywhere not that i'm looking to buy one but i look 
and they're nowhere. I mean, you can't get them. Not that there's any games for the system, <laughs> but I mean, Nintendo knows obviously that their older IPs are gold. I mean, they're more than gold. I mean, they they will gaming history, man. Yeah, yeah, and so they 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 put the SNES Classic. I see it as them putting the SNES Classic out uh, as a means to to satiate and to keep the Nintendo brand hot until they can get more content out first quarter 2018, which, I mean, this is obviously a drought for them. E3, a lot of the games that they were talking about, um, even before E3, games that they were talking about all had 2018 dates on them. So, I mean, it's it just feels like a, like a, a pacifier until... Yeah. Which is another reason why they, you know, they price it the way they do because they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want their reservoir to dry up before. I want to make one addendum to that. Just one change. I don't necessarily disagree with the way you're looking at it. But I Mm -hmm. think one thing is different about this than the Switch. If you Mm -hmm. wanted to buy a Switch, you could buy one. Okay, it's hard to find. Yeah. Uh, I have all my friends that want to own a Switch own one. You know what I mean? All my friends that want to own an NES Classic didn't get one. <laughs> Most of them didn't get one. So I think True. that it's like you you could you could you could go into a store. You could say to GameStop, "Hey, put me on the list for one of these things," and they'll do it and they'll sell you one. You couldn't do that with the NES Classic. That's sure. that's the difference. If this is harder to buy than the Switch for Christmas, mm-hmm. fuck you, Nintendo. Seriously, <laughs> and, and it might be, but it's not that I don't want to buy one. It's just because I really want to buy one. Like I want this more than the Switch. I want the NES Classic more than the Switch. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. And I I want a switch. Like, (laughs) I genuinely would like to get a switch, but I would so much rather have the NES Classic or the Nintendo Classic. I mean, as a how's that as a company like creating your own competition? I mean, it's just it's good. It's good for them, but it just seems weird to, especially to compete with new technology with relative to the industry everyone would consider to be ancient technology i mean this is like it's just it just feels really weird the 90s baby yeah <laughs> i know if you but, mean that like, they're releasing something that's yeah i mean they are releasing something that does compete with the switch but i don't see it i mean it's a it's not a competition for me because i could buy both right i think you know if you want for the most part like in the united states like if you want to switch for the most part, you could save and get one. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like any calendar year, right? You could probably buy both. So I would say, and, and I think that people that are in the, like, retro collectors that don't care about the Switch wouldn't buy one. You know what I mean? Or people, you know. But there's a lot of nostalgia here. So I don't see it as competing with itself, just selling to its customers more. Because you could have all these games on the Switch in this game, and in, in this except for Star Fox 2 maybe and this thing would still sell like it is cuz i yeah. mean we we could buy these games on every other console that Nintendo has I don't you know. on the right now right i don't think so i i think that if they offered and this is another problem like because they will offer these games eventually supposedly they will offer everything that's on the NES classic and the Super Nintendo classic as downloadable games for the Switch, and the added benefit of the Switch is that you'll be able to play them mobily. So, I mean, there is no reason, 
if I I would disagree and say that if these games were available right now on the Switch and everybody had a Switch, the any the Super NES Classic I don't think it would sell very well. I don't think it would sell as well as it would in the situation that we have now, where there is no other way to get these games from Nintendo other than with this pocket console. But if they were well, available on the Switch. Well, they can. They can buy them on their 3DS right now too, or you know. So, yeah, like yeah, all these games the are available. Now, um, it's not. It's not the newest system that Nintendo has, but you can't. Yeah, get but it's not as good a quality of experience. I mean, the Switch screen is way better than the 3DS screen. No question about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I I haven't looked at the, uh, the Nintendo eShop at all in a long time, but what does the typical Super Nintendo game go for on Nintendo's service? Are we talking like ten bucks per game? On the uh, so the, on the Wii they don't they were, sell them on the Switch right now, but. right? On the okay, Wii so, they were like eight bucks, I think, between mm-hmm. eight and ten dollars. Okay, so let's let's just say to make the math easy, ten bucks per game, twenty-one games. You're looking at two hundred and ten dollars versus the Super Nintendo, which is you know it doesn't require like taking up your memory card and. Um, downloading everything, you just open up the box, plug it into your TV, and it works for eighty bucks. Like I still think the Super Nintendo would sell huge numbers, assuming they made enough for it. Even if all of these games were available on the Switch or the Wii U or whatever, you know, current gaming uh, system they they're selling stuff on. <clears throat> Maybe. I mean, it, so it would definitely looks like sell. Super Mario yeah. Brothers on the 3DS is 5 bucks, and Secret of Mana was only on the Wii, but it doesn't list a price anymore. I think you can buy it, but it doesn't list a price. Yeah, I looked at it just Something, it's like, a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I think it was 1,000 points. Oh, so that's or 10 bucks. Either 800 or 1,000 points, so it's like, yeah, 8 or 8 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but I mean, even at five bucks, you're still looking at over a hundred for all of these games. Yeah. If you were to actually buy all those games, which yeah, if given the option, I don't think everyone would buy everything on that list. There would be like maybe I'd five skip, or six. I'd skip Kirby Superstar. I mean, it's probably good. I just I don't know. You know, Kirby's Dream Course never really played that. The rest of them, though, I. I don't know. I mean, I haven't played Super Punch-Out, Castlevania 4. I played Mega Man X briefly and Contra 3 a little bit. So those games that actually... Oh, and Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I haven't played that a ton. So I, I totally play those, but everything else I played a lot of. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, so just a little bit of... A little vote. Uh, how many... Like, who all here would buy one if they saw it on a store shelf? Oh, absolutely. Oh, in a heartbeat. Sure. Yeah. No question. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. So everybody here would buy one immediately. So I told my wife, I said, the second this goes on store shelf, if you see it, I don't care, buy it immediately. <laughs> She's like, and we'll put it in a, we'll put it in the thing, and I'll put it under the Christmas tree. Like, I don't care. I just want one. <laughs> right. So the second you see it in the store, you buy it. I don't care what this any time of year, and it's going under the tree, and I'll open it for Christmas, and I'll wait. I don't. I'll wait. Because I'd rather wait and own it than not. So it sounds like we're all going to get one if we could. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, oh, yeah. If. if. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go around and then just end this this way. Okay, Travis, what do you think? 
like on a scale of one to ten, zero being no chance at all, and ten being I'm absolutely going to get one. What's the rating that you think you're going to get one of these by Christmas? Oh, um, it's, it's a faith in Nintendo meter, basically. I don't think we know enough to make a really good call, so I'm just going to go middle of the road and say five, like fifty percent chance I'll have one, but. Sure. I'm 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 ready to like go crazy and try to look for it. I'm also ready to be pissed off that I can't get one. I'm I'm my my hopes were dashed with the NES Classic, so Right. Yeah. I just I agree. I could I couldn't keep calling Target every morning for, you know, I just it was it was right. craziness. But what about you, Tim? 0 to 10. What do you got? What are you thinking? Oh man, the, the So you got the NES Classic. Of, I yeah, I I got it and that was pure luck. The a family member who got my name in the family gift exchange for Christmas happened to walk into a game store right as they right as they had two boxes delivered. <laughs> so, is... and one of them was already reserved for somebody else, and he just <laughs> happened to snap up the one. And so, I mean, it was pure luck. I am not hopeful that I will get a Super NES uh, classic. You don't um, think that lightning is going to strike twice for you? <laughs> no. In fact, when I saw the update to the press release, my first reaction was, fuck! <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when them saying they have more units, you're like, oh, now we're never getting one. Is that what you... No, it was when they said that we're limiting it to three months. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, because I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get it for Christmas. It's It'll be sold out. My, you know, yeah, like you said, lightning can't strike twice here. Um, but I was like, well, maybe like summer of next year when the hype has died down. Nope, they're not going to be selling it at that point. Damn it. So my, I I'll say have... I'll say a two. <laughs> How many units would they need to make sure stores shelves were stocked? Five million? God, I have no I idea. Have, have How many did yeah. the Nest Classic sell? Like how many units? did they All of make? them? Well, yeah, but how many? How many did they make? Yeah, like how many was that though? I, probably know? under two. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know, man. It just seems like they need a lot because this isn't just gamers that buy this. That's the thing that Nintendo didn't yeah. seem to understand with the NS Classic. Mm -hmm. Everyone wanted one for the most part, not just yeah. gamers. Yeah. Right. The people, yeah, the people yeah. who have no desire to to buy these new systems who just want to relive their childhood, and then people yeah. who have kids who are into gaming. Like, hey, I should give my kid this glimpse into what I used to play. You know, things like that. They didn't. They didn't account for any of that. Oh yeah, yeah. The nostalgia is so strong with these. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I for Father's a... Day, uh, I had a friend of mine come and like um, spend the day with us. Um, his wife was out of town, so he needed something to do on Father's Day. So we decided we'd hang out and play games. Uh, we broke out the original Castlevania, and played through that for like an hour or something <laughs> it was just so much fun to like relive these old games yeah the nostalgia is insane that alone yeah. is like worth picking these up yeah i have a, a friend in in alaska who is a video game retailer and he had was taking pre-orders for the nes classic and he had he had and this is just a s small hole in the wall retailer and he had a hundred between 120 and 150 um reservations and i think from 
and he he has a a national distributor and he i believe he only got 20 and everybody else was was turned away because good they, grief you know, they said we're gonna make them so yeah i like for me it, even though i don't want one maybe as badly as you guys do but i i if i saw one i would pick one up i i put myself probably actually i was gonna say 25 percent but tim when you said 20 i i think i might go 10 percent now i don't know because i don't i don't see myself really going out and hunting for one if i stumble across one i'll pick it up but i just don't uh i don't know i have this thing on my computer it's like I don't know. It's like an emulator or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a. We'll have to talk about that offline. I don't. I don't understand those words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I know. I, don't understand that. I, I can't. I found it. That word it was, has no meaning to me. It's so weird. It was some weird. I don't know. Somebody was showing it to me, and I was like, "Wow, I don't know. It's, it's neat." <laughs> Sounds like a made-up word to me. Anyways, I think I would give this about a, a forty percent chance um, of finding one. Um, I'm just trying to wonder if if I see four, I should buy one for everyone that I'm talking to right now. Or I'll just text you immediately, and then you tell me if you want me to. Um, no, I way, just give you uh, a blanket approval. If you see an extra one and you want to get it for me, just just buy it. I will pay you for it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just say that if you, if you find, like, four of them, just get them. Like, I'll pay yeah. you back as soon as sure. I possibly can. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, yeah. I know. Because, again, and I think that... It's not just like people that are trying to relive nostalgia. I think it's people that might, but like they maybe played a couple of these games, but they're like, oh, well, th- I could just play these games. Or it's it's a, it's eighty, it's sixty to eighty dollars. It's not a lot of money. People pay, you know, that amount of money for like you know Pac Man. You know what I mean? And that that Pac Man has a lot of nostalgia too. You know, for those like plug into your TV things. This is way better than that. So yeah, I, I don't I don't rate it pretty high. But, um, yeah, including Star Fox 2 just made all the retro game collectors get in on this. And trying to fight them for standing in line and calling? Oh, man, good luck. Good luck. Um, I don't know. So I I really want one, but (laughs) Nintendo, please. (laughs) Anyways. So, uh, anyways, just wanted to... They need to define significantly. Please, we need specifics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made fifty million units. I'd be like, oh wow, that's great. We can all swim in the amount we could buy that. Exactly. You know, they're they're like, afraid that if they say something like two million, then they're gonna they're basically gonna start the purge. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's two point five million. We added an extra two thousand units. Everybody, that's it. One day, one day this winter the entire world shuts down and they get to just slaughter each other for their stupid Nintendo classics. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I told myself, though, this is the thing. If I, Nintendo, I love you to death, but if I can't buy this, um, I'm going to, I'm, I've heard some things about a retro pie. I heard it's a Linux computer or something. I don't know. I might go, I don't know. And I, I've also seen that you can get like a super Nintendo looking case for it too. So I want to buy this. This is my preference. But if I have to go another route, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, that looks weird. great. Yeah, it is. So, uh, anyways, I wanted to thank everyone for listening to the uh, first episode of the Cheerful Ghost Roundtable. 
Uh, the tr- or, <laughs> sorry. Oh my god. Almost. Oh, man, it's so it's. I know. I know. We almost made it through. No. Uh, listening to the first episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio, which is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery, like Nintendo. Why? So uh, I just want to thank you to everyone, and uh, we'll check you for the next episode. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.